I'm Kelly. And welcome to The Millennial Minimalist. Today, we're going to discuss how to live like a minimalist, the difference between a minimalist and a non-minimalist, the actions we've taken to reduce mental and physical clutter, and our advice to inspire you to get started and keep motivated. Good. I'm excited to talk to them. I'm excited to hear how your life has changed, like your day-to-day since you've... I've made so many tiny, small, like changes that have made such a huge impact on my life in a positive way. And I'll go through that. Uh, but I was, so, I'm so curious, you mentioned like, uh, you're comparing like a minimalist and a non-minimalist. Like how do you, how do you even compare? Yeah. So uh, sitting, how do you start to compare? I was sitting here this morning making my notes for the podcast and I was thinking how does my life differ from someone who's a non-minimalist? And I just tried to think everything, waking up, getting ready, um, where does our time go? What are, how do our thoughts differ? Um, and out of every heading I was putting notes under, I felt like goals had the most. So I think that in terms of a minimalist and a non-minimalist, and it's always going to differ from individuals, mm-hmm. but I think that the kind of the societal standard right now is to what we see as accomplishment and moving forward is um, material possessions and status. So we're kind of, we want the raise, we want the promotion, we want the bigger house and the nicer car and the new, the bigger television set and the new phone and the, we're always... It's almost like the things that we think that we lack that we think will provide, like, value to our lives that may actually not. Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's going to bring us happiness, which to, I mean, to a certain degree it might, and especially in the moment it does, which has been proven to do, but long term. Yeah, I wouldn't mind a new upgrade on my phone, but yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> As an example, like you guys. It's working just fine. Um, but I, I found that it was goals that differed the most, and I felt like for myself, my, what differs, or my own personal goals are more reliant on self-development or developing skills so I want to uh, learn how to play the piano and I want to take cooking classes and I really want to get my pilot's license and um, read and there's just things I want to do that aren't like it's always I'm not striving to buy the next thing it's like I want I strive to like develop the next skill and I think that that's how my life differs the most so it's just like a borderline what I want out of my life as opposed to what other people want. And I want it more out of experience and to live, like to, to experience it as opposed to just, which you get to experience material possessions. Uh, to an to, extent. To a degree, yeah. Yeah, to a degree. Uh, but as you're saying, the beauty in experiences is that you are growing as a person. You're developing, right? When you buy something physical, usually it just sits there. Or it just adds some status value to your life, right? Yeah. Rather than, you know, what's what's better, buying a fancy, you know, uh, buying super, super fancy accessories or being able to say, hey, like, I know how to speak Japanese. I play the piano. Yeah, like, a, that is amazing. Um, those are but, skills you can also teach other people. Like, you can also uh, give back with those skills, right? Whereas a lot of the possessions that we bring into our lives are usually just usually add value to us right so and um we don't use them as much like I had to buy the keyboard to take the piano lessons but you know you use it daily to Mm -hmm. um practice the piano whereas if you bought new boots you might only wear them a handful of times right right yeah 
Um, so, so in the difference is that you as a minimalist, so minimalists you're saying are usually buying experiences or spending their time focused on that more so than physical items. So that's your way of identifying and the value structure is different. And you're just developing yourself internally as opposed to externally. Like just because you live in a bigger house or make more money or drive a nicer car, it doesn't mean that you've grown anymore as a person. Right. Which is really interesting. You're usually sometimes holding yourself back. Uh, Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, something that I found that I went through and, and I'll, I'll go back to that now. So uh, living overseas and living like a student at one point in my life, like you don't own much. And I was spending all of my money on experiences. And then I started making money and building a foundation. I built this life around the things that I owned. And I had that beautiful and I have that today that beautiful apartment and all the things that you need in your apartment but I quickly realized this summer influenced by you and the minimalists and other thought leaders that you have this foundation that you built but if it's not functional for your life what's the point it's like when you have that perfect apartment and you're the only one that sees it and gets satisfaction out of it yet uh no one else is actually experiencing it with you. So what is the point? Like, But I think that's good if you're the only... If, but if you're not using it. For example, it's like you have that beautiful setup in your family room, but you don't use it. So it doesn't make any sense. If it's, it's not adding value to my life. I think dressing up every morning and, and, you know, just for myself, yeah, I do that. But But when it comes to functionality, like if it's not adding any value to your everyday, then don't follow, you know, that trend or don't follow the Joneses and everything that they do if it's not adding value. Because we're surrounded by people who that's the way they live. Like you said, you went to work at this corporate job and everyone else around you is shopping and buying new furniture. Well, it was like, hey, like that is what is that, that, I mean, if you have those possessions, that means you're successful. And I realized like, hey, I'd actually rather be successful in my skill set. So I'd like to master new skills and grow and connect with people and do all these other things outside of having those physical things, right? And you start to realize like you start to realize, you know, that your 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 value you start to realize your own values rather than following others. You know, we they're all like learned values, right? And we think that, oh, that's perfect for us, but we really need to sit down. And that's a part of a minimalist. Minimalists sit down and really review their goals and their values. And I would say that that is the first difference. Whereas a lot of non-minimalists, so to speak, are usually have cluttered lives physically and mentally because they haven't really uh, been able to kind of pinpoint their values and and kind of write them down and hone them and then figure out, hey, like, how do I organize my life so it makes me happy and meets these aspects of my personality and what I want out of life? Which is really well said. And I think that a big misconception is that people can do it all. It's like, oh, you can work you know, 60, 70 hours a week and have this big house and play the piano and sail and have a good relationship like we with your friends and family. And, but I I think that we all have 24 hours in a day 
And, you know, your energy is going to, you have to find ways to replenish your energy. And, um, you know, if you want to really experience life and do these things you always want to do, then you have to go back and question where your time's going. Right. Is, like if you, you know, you're at that corporate job and you're making all this money. Yeah. You got nice clothes and like, you got a nice place, but, um, you know, maybe like what's something you, is there a hobby or something you've always wanted to do? Like cook or, uh, I mean, I already cook, yeah. but, uh, I would say I would love to learn. I gave that example of speaking Japanese. I would oh. love to learn another language. See, there, and I would love Absolutely. to learn another language too. Oh, which one? Well, I took Mandarin for two years, which was... Oh, I love that. It's so funny. I'm the one that lived in Hong Kong, and you're the one that learned the language. I was, like, in China. (laughs) Which I learned how to read, write, and, like, write the uh, Chinese characters and read them and write them, and it was beautiful, and it was so different. Um, But I would like to learn something, like, French, or that was more applicable to my life that I could use. Yeah. Because I feel like I just didn't use Mandarin as much, and you really need to be able to to use the language to learn it. Um, but, but I'm saying like, if you worked at that job and you were working through the week and you Mm -hmm. got home and you're tired and then on the weekends you went shopping and saw your friends, like how much time do you really have left to develop those skills? And that's where you have to step back and question what you want. Yeah. And it's like when someone says, Lauren, they're like, Oh, you know, I wish I could learn this language. It's like, well, you can. You can. And, <laughs> and I like say that to myself, shopping. too. No, yeah. and then they're online shopping. Yeah. No, it's true. It's like you become more intentional. You become more aware of your everyday decisions. That is, like, the best part of it. I mean, I would say one of the best things that changed in my life, and I think I've said this in previous episodes, is that when it comes to walking down the street and walking by stores or entering stores, I don't want anything. And it's not, and it's actually okay to buy things. I just don't need anything right now. But when I do, I'll be more deliberate with the items that I'm buying. And I feel like sometimes in the past, if I was shopping or buying something, I'd be like, oh, it's okay. And I would get it. But now I'm like, I don't love it. So I'm not going to get it. Yeah. That's true. That's Which true. has been a big change. Um, another th- thing that I, I think differs is, you know, we talk about goals and times. Um, I think my stress level is a lot lower than people who are kind of in this constant rat race to accumulate all the time. And, um, you know, I can come home in the evening and watch a movie or have a glass of wine and play the piano. And I don't feel guilty. I don't feel like I always have to be answering emails or always working or the because I found that balance and I found, you know, what my values are and what I want to spend my time doing. That's impressive. I find that a lot of independent uh, entrepreneurs, they, or who work out of their home, um, if they're living alone, I find it's harder for them. I'd argue that it's harder for them to just step away from work unless they live with someone like a girlfriend or boyfriend. Uh, it would make them easier to kind of like stop working, especially if that person worked out of the house, be like, okay, now it's time to stop working and spend time with that person. Uh, so, so, I mean, you have to have a lot of like internal motivation. Like it helps you structure and organize your everyday. Yes. I also think that people who have started companies on the side are so passionate about them that they just want to put that work in. And sometimes you are a bit off balance in the beginning. And I have so much, I guess I have less respect for people who work 
so much and they don't like their jobs. Like they're bankers or lawyers and they like put in a hundred hours and they're miserable. But it's like the entrepreneurs that are working. Not that you should ever overwork. I, I think that it's important to have the balance, but that like sense of passion and excitement and joy, like you can't put a price on that. Like it's and they're doing so it for much, free. It's also like, in my opinion, just so much sexier in a man who is putting in that time and super passionate about what he's doing rather than a man who's making tons of money but hates his job, hates his life. Now, there are some bakers yeah. out there that actually really they enjoy do, it. They do. Like, but <laughs> I feel like when I'm on a date, the hottest thing a guy can say to me is, I love my job. And mm-hmm. it's not... Like, the second they start talking about their position or how much money they make or... But like, it's usually an insecurity. I, yeah, yeah, that I, I hate. That but if they're sitting there being like, this is what I do and I love it and I, I you know, love the excitement and the, if they're talking about it, it's that to me is I'm immediately inter- more interested in them. Totally, totally. It's just, yeah, it's... And you know what? And I think it's... I hope we get to a place in the future... Well, in near future where we're like open to talking about, Hey, like I'm doing something I'm passionate about. It doesn't mean that I'm making tiny money. It doesn't mean that, uh, you know, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. That person may be struggling. And I think it's cool for someone to be like, Hey, like it's an everyday struggle because that's the reality. Even if you are successful, uh, you know, if you're like a filmmaker and you had this amazing film or you're an author and you did really, really well and you're a New York Times bestseller, well, that doesn't mean that your next one isn't going to be a flop. So it's a constant struggle, right? Um, but I think we need to be more open about that because that's just the reality of, you know, ambitious goals, right? Where it's going to be up and down. So... Yeah. Uh, I wanted to uh, also talk about some videos since we're talking about how to live like a minimalist. Okay. So there's, we mentioned uh, a a documentary uh, filmmaker, film director and YouTuber. His name is Matt Diavella. He is the director of the minimalism documentary. He has a really cool YouTube video uh, that's that's called, titled A Day in the Life of a Minimalist, which we will uh, attach in our show notes. And what's really funny about the video is it starts with misconceptions and then goes into the reality of his everyday. So in the beginning, I'll just give you a background on the video. Uh, it starts with uh, him, him waking up, which he says at 6 in the morning or 6.30 in the morning every single day without an alarm clock because he naturally wakes up at that same time every single day because he's a minimalist. Uh, He owns uh, one bowl and he uses that same bowl for his coffee. So he uses it as a cup. Uh, The funniest part... Put his like cereal, milk, and coffee in the bowl. (laughs) (laughs) All all in one because, you know, he only has one bowl. Uh, And then he opens a drawer and it has like one fork, one spoon, one knife. And it kind of reminded me of uh, Lauren's place. And with all the things people make fun of me for for being a minimalist, it's my coloring drawer. Hers actually does look like that. It's not a misconception (laughs) in Lauren's. 
world's spoons. My spoon. I have eight spoons. I know, but you but you only see like two. Yeah. Uh, and then he has he doesn't have a toothbrush, so he'll see him putting like toothpaste on his finger, and then he mentions, oh yeah, and of course I don't have a garbage bin because you know I have nothing to throw away. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just so funny. And then he's like, he stops and he's like, okay, no, this is the reality of my everyday. So. Uh, he, there's some great tips in this. So he does kind of live to the stereotype, live up to the stereotype of owning clothing, like same color t-shirts and jeans. Like that's his everyday go-to. He does wake up at six thirty in the morning, uh, daily, but does have a, he does have an alarm clock, showers, brushes teeth. He has pour over coffee, works out of his home. He eats around 11 a.m., so he's, his day is kind of organized around how he wants to tackle that day. So there's some organiza- organization there. Uh, and he also mentions that uh, he'll go to the gym for some mental clarity in the afternoon. Um, he's, it seems quite structured, but it seems to work for him. Uh, his place is very, very clean, but at the same time, like he does have stuff that uh, he uses every day and that add, adds value to his life. And one of the parts he talks about is that he does have a girlfriend. And so when she comes home from work, that's when he stops working, uh-huh. uh, which is great. Like there's that influence, right? Like, Hey, like that's, you know, it helps him figure out like, Hey, I should shut this down. He says some of the biggest things he's learned is that he's, um, reduce the amount of time that he spends on choosing what he's going to wear in the morning. He's more intentional about how he manages time on social media uh, because he found that social media was taken away from his work and he changed the way he thought uh, he thought about um, walking to stores and shopping which I mentioned earlier so that's one of the biggest things for me like I just I, I if I go to the mall I think differently if I if I have an urge to shop, I just won't go to the mall because then I don't know what I'm missing out on. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Uh, so, so yeah. And you've seen that video too. It's so funny. Anyways, we'll have to link that. But um, there's another uh, influencer. Uh, have you heard of her? Her name is uh, Sarah uh, uh, Therese. Have you heard of her? No. Oh, you haven't? haven't okay. So she has an episode on... 50 things she no longer buys so she focuses on health and beauty and also minimalism so I found this and 10 of the items that she runs through really resonated with me so I thought I would uh, yeah I want to hear them discuss them yeah deodorant Uh, toothpaste (laughs) (laughs) yeah things things I no longer buy no I definitely buy those essentials (laughs) uh but and and when it comes to food clothing and other things so food yeah food too okay okay so uh the food stuff like didn't resonate with me as much but I remember a couple that aren't included in my list like she says like salad dressing she's like we don't need to buy tons of salad dressing like olive oil and vinegar yeah that's true make it ourselves like there's so many things that and spices too you know it's like we'll have that idea for cooking you know let's say some cajun chicken or we'll make an apple pie and we'll buy all the ingredients and we'll only use them once then we won't use them for the next year i right? was thinking that yeah because i, I want to cook better dinners but i feel like every recipe you look up has so many different ingredients and then you buy them and they sit in your cupboard yeah so one of the solutions to that is to kind of map out three or four or five meals that you can make over the course of the 
you know, big bulk versions of meals or individual that you can make it over the course of a week or a month that will use those ingredients up. Uh, Smart, eh? Yeah. I think spices last a long time anyways, even if you... They do, but we don't really want to, like, you know... I know, and I kind of... I like food fresh. Like, when people have these... um, I was even talking to a colleague last night, and um, he's Italian. He was at his parents' house, and he was showing me their pantry downstairs, and they just had jars and jars of tomato sauce and olive oil. And, like, it's cute because they're Italian, and that's very traditional, but... I, I like to buy my food fresh and eat it fresh. Like, I don't like it having sat somewhere for a long time, even though I know with some things it does get better with age. But Are there specific, like, because I know those things usually last a long time. Are there other things that they had in their house where you're like, it, it was just a lot, right? It was just a lot of stuff. Well, it was, like, oh, you should get, I'm sure it's like hundreds of bottles of tomato sauce. Oh, but wow. homemade, homemade. Oh, that's amazing. It was amazing, yeah. But you don't need to store 100 bottles. Yeah, you don't. Just for their family, unless they have, like, some yeah, business, it doesn't make any I sense. I was like, can I have one? <laughs> but, um, yeah. Sounds delicious. <laughs> but, okay, so I want to hear what okay. uh, she doesn't buy anymore. Okay, so things I no longer buy. Okay, so knickknacks. Oh, like what? Anything, so anything that sits on, you know, you decorate your apartment. You know, I had this plastic plant. I don't need that plastic plant. Uh, I have extra. Let's say, uh, I mean, my parents' place, your parents' place, full of knickknacks. You know what knickknacks are? I they are my <laughs> pet peeve. I do. I cannot. Like you know what? It's so funny. I literally moved two old dusty candles yesterday to another area in my apartment. And now my coffee table just has a beautiful plant. And I was like, wow. <laughs> it looks so it much looks cleaner. so much better. And I, I was like, wow. I have such a sentimental attachment to knickknacks. They like, do. my mom's like, we have to keep all 500 Christmas tree decorations because each one is individually meaningful. I'm like, no. And I learned uh-huh. something from that, Lauren. Uh, I was listening to a podcast yesterday. I forget which one, but they identify how some of us have a fear of letting go of certain items because of the memories attached to them. But we need to remember that those memories are in our mind. Yes. They're not actually... We don't need to keep that physical item in order to keep that memory. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, that's so true. And another thing where I think knickknacks come from is mm-hmm. traveling. Oh my like, gosh! Yes, they we talked about the New York mug. Yeah, <laughs> it's so stupid. That's why um, I was talking to a girl who wrote a book on wine yesterday, and I was saying when I travel, that's all I buy. I buy a bottle of wine, a local bottle of wine. I age it. Yeah. And um, I'll have it a few years later with the person that I, I was with. And I, you would never see me in, like, a Dominican Republic T-shirt or... What about in the past, growing up? Did you like that stuff? I did. I, mean, when, I know I did. When I was little, <laughs> my parents were like, you can get a souvenir. I would be like, I want candy. <laughs> oh, you never wanted that stuff. I just, uh, like, I, I feel like my brother would get, like, sweatshirts and, like, little cups and stuff. And I was mm-hmm. just like... No, I just want candy. But I was a chubby kid, so maybe. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'll just get food mom. <laughs> That's so funny. No, like my my dad works in sales, so he would always be traveling in the US and uh, he'd always come back with t shirts with Las Vegas on them and you know, oh here's a New York mug, I'll never forget that. 
and I just, I got so excited. So when the first time I went to New York, I was thinking, oh gosh, I need to go to New York store. I need to get magnets. I need to get keychains. And I was like, it's was, so stupid. It's like, <laughs> hey, Kelly, I went to um, London, England. Here's a keychain I brought you. <laughs> it's like, I don't care. Like I went to Paris with my sister and I got this little uh, Eiffel Tower keychain no oh. it's just like a little eiffel tower that's a perfect knickknack that's a perfect knickknack and i had it right beside my tv for two and a half years and then one day i was like i'm throwing that out and i threw that out and i was like that felt great <laughs> and i think with traveling people like to buy that stuff and put it around their home so that when people come over they're like oh my god you've been there how was that but people don't care although you know what i will challenge that sometimes it's nice to have those items because when they come into your house, it sparks conversation. It does spark conversation. But I feel like we can do that with, with other it. things. I want to have people in my life that I don't need plastic stuff on tables to find things to have conversations about. Yeah, like something like that I really want to do is I love uh, the good quote on Instagram. I just love quotes in general. And I would say that I have a favorite 10 I should really put a list together because I have a favorite 10 and I would really like to design an art piece because I love doing pen drawings Yeah. based on those quotes and not like in a lame way, but I just want to, I want to integrate it somehow like in a, like a, a wall mural in some capacity, uh, a few like frames, very minimal, obviously, but anyways, uh, next one is, uh, certain clothes. Uh, again, I'm only going to buy things when there is a need. So what did she, what certain clothes did she stop buying? Well, she talks about how it's all about buying things that are really uh, classic items rather than uh, trendy. So you want things that are going to last a long time. So timeless pieces. So, and also ethical and high quality over quantity. So don't buy, you know, five, H&M shirts when you can buy one really high quality shirt that you know will last you four or five years, right? Uh, so yeah, only certain clothes that you need. Uh, number three, bags. I love this one because women, men too, actually, you only need a couple. So like personally, I have a backpack, a purse, and I have two clutches that will match with everything. So, and you? You know what's funny? My laptop bag broke the other day, so oh, I had to buy a new one. Really? And um, I, I took my wallet out, and all I took was my credit card and my ID out. That's it. Those two things. Put them in the little um, side pocket. Mm-hmm. Put my cell phone and keys in the other side pocket, and I put my laptop. That's it. Okay. And I w- I've been walking around every time, every once in a while, like, I'll pick up a cup of coffee or, like, whatever, like, mm-hmm. necessary, necessary things you buy. And I just took my credit card out of the side pocket and paid. And I was like, why did I ever have a wallet that I had to take out of my bag with all these cards? And like, I don't really use cash anymore. And if I do, it's rare. Like I I just have my credit card, my ID in a side pocket. And I'm like, these are the only two things I need out of my entire wallet. And maybe my presto pass, I guess, which I'm going to have to get. Which is basically like, I like to say the Hong Kong octopus card. It's like a card that you can use for the metro. For everywhere, yeah. For everywhere. Hopefully one day we'll be able to use that same card, universal card for, you know, going shopping, like grocery store, et cetera. I can't believe Canada doesn't have that yet or the U.S. But But, but going back, and I was thinking, I'm like, I only really need a 
a bag to put my laptop in and then like a little bag to walk around for so I, I I only have two bags and you're saying I no longer need a physical wallet I don't need a wallet anymore okay. for years I, I I bought that wallet I think when I was 21 I was 21 yeah and I'm 29 that was eight years ago I bought that wallet Wow, is it big and clunky? It's it's like um, a normal size wallet. So I ended up okay. So I you just sparked a, a really awesome, hilarious, scary story that happened in my life last week. <laughs> I don't think I told you. No, I didn't tell you. Uh, so when it comes to wallets, I realized that they are a necessity, um, and I'll argue why. Okay. Uh, but you don't need something big. So I ended up buying a Kate Spade beautiful wallet last summer and a week later I said to my mom hey do you want this wallet she was like uh beautiful I was like yeah I just find it too big it doesn't fit in anything I don't don't need it like why buy something that big for so many cards it's telling you you need 10 cards when really I was like hey like I just went to this event and I and I won this little men's uh, leather wallet and I was like I'm gonna use that that's all I need I only need like two little slots for my cards, some cash, like I'm good. Like I don't need a fem- a big female yeah, wallet. Why do we get so shorthanded with this stuff? Yeah, it's men's unbelievable. Legs, actually, so their dress, their wallets. I bought a man's briefcase to put my laptop in. It's <laughs> you so would. simple. You would. Okay, so getting back to my story. Okay, so I was at dinner and then I was going to meet a friend for a drink. Okay. So I quickly changed at home and I thought to myself, hey, like I'm probably going to go dancing later in the evening. And if anybody knows me, I love to go dancing and I don't like wearing a purse uh, because like, especially when you're dancing, like I don't want the guy to have to hold my purse and I don't want to have to have a purse on me when I'm dancing. So I'm like, Hey, I'm just going to stick my ID and my visa and like 20 bucks and wrap it around. (laughs) I I usually use an elastic. I wrap around it and I stuck it in my coat pocket and then I stuck my so I had that in a coat pocket and then I had my iPhone in a coat pocket and then I had my lip sew and lip gloss in the other pocket. So I'm walking down the street, three blocks, it's just like three blocks from my house. Half, uh, a block and a half there, I um, pulled out my phone and I thought, uh, why don't I feel my cards? Why are my cards not here? And my cards were not in my pocket. So I, what did I do? I ran back to my house. I thought, oh, they must have fallen out, fallen out, or maybe I took them out and forgot to put them back in the pocket. Not in my house. So I'm like, oh no. I and personally, like, I'm very punctual, so I don't want to be late for this person to have a drink with. Yeah. So I go to this. So I go to this drinks like an hour. Like we spent an hour together catching up with this person, and I told him the story. I was like, hey, like I just lost my credit card and my ID. And you know what? I wasn't freaking out because of my credit card. I was freaking out because of my ID. There's something about like my ID just being out in the world and being like used by like an underager or something. It just, just the idea of it just bothered me. Anyway, so I ended up calling before actually walking back. Side note, I ended up calling my bank being like, hey, can you please like put a pause on this? So they put a pause on it for like as, as long as I needed. Uh, so they put a pause on it and I was like, I didn't realize a bank could do that, which was awesome get this your cards were where you wouldn't believe it uh this is an hour after i had this drink with this person meanwhile remember these three blocks from my house are full of nightclubs there were four different nightclubs 
on the way back, I'm just thinking to myself, I lost my cards. This is awful. I don't know how I'm going to sleep tonight. I'm so funny. I had so much anxiety. No, get this. I'm walking and I'm zooming. I walk really fast in the city. <laughs> like people always like people always like, "Hey Kelly, you walk by by me." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry." I like I'm always like I always have my uh, uh, AirPods in my ears and I'm just booting it. And I, I felt like frustrated, so I was just booting it, booting it home. And all of a sudden, this bouncer. Okay. Meanwhile, just get this. Like I was very dressed up. Like well, not so much, but like I had makeup on or whatever. And this bouncer at this really hilariously named bar that I would never go to was called Cake. Of I was places. thinking it was a cake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this bouncer looks at me and he's like, Kelly? And I don't know this person, right? And I was like, oh my goodness, you have my ID, don't you? And I just like, I, I, in that moment I was like, I don't know you, but I, all I want to do right now is give you a big hug. Because he then pulls out that little elastic around two cards, and he's like, and what the money the in odds? it. What are the odds? Like, and he, I was like, oh my god, I was shaking. And I said, first thing I said That's is, really good karma. <laughs> great karma. That's the you, first that thing means I said. That you're a good person, you do good. Yeah, because I'm always giving out positive energy for other people. So I was like, I think that is, it's totally a karma thing. I was thinking, he goes, yeah. An hour and a half ago, I found it on the ground. And I said, how did you know it's me? He's like, I'm really good at faces. And I was oh, like, yeah, he probably used to check ID all the time. Yeah. And I was like, I look nothing like my ID. Yeah. And the fact that you even took that way home, like you could have gone another way. I had no makeup on my, I had no makeup on in my ID and I just look really, really young. And the fact that he was able to pick me out of a crowd, like there's a crowd, he'd be yeah. like, hey, are you Kelly? And I was like, hey, so how long have you been standing outside? He goes, I literally came back outside six minutes ago. I was thinking, wow, talk about timing. Oh my, okay. Anyways, that's crazy. You know that's where kind of minimalism fails, though. It's like you're trying to simplify your life so much that so you end up losing all your cards. <laughs> I <laughs> learned for the better. You yeah. need a wallet. You need a wallet. Okay, you need a wallet. Have somewhere to put yourself. So don't use a hair elastic for your money. Do not do that. It's just not smart. Because that's unlikely to happen again. Don't put it in your pocket. Anyways, so, so to finish, uh, sale items as well. Stop by items because they're on sale. That's impulse yeah. buying. Jewelry and accessories, choose quality over quantity. You can completely transform an outfit and in like literally just with a couple pieces and you don't want a lot of stuff. You just want a couple pieces that are very, very timeless. Individual food items. I know this is something you do, Lauren. You like to buy individual, but that's actually going to jack up the cost. So sometimes we need to go on Amazon and buy our bulk items. Oh, okay, yeah. Because it just makes sense financially, but be aware, as you would say, make sure you have the storage for it. I don't have any storage in my place. Well, you do have closet, so... Wait, what kind of... Are you talking... Like, what kind of storage items? Like, toilet paper and... Yeah, I don't... I don't even know where in the city you get it in bulk. Oh, I just go to Amazon. Oh, okay. I have Amazon Prime. Highly recommend it. <laughs> Life-changing. I just throw it all under my bed. That's my secret. I put all that junk under my bed. Oh, it's I'm great. Storage in but I organize it, so yeah. Uh, uh, subscriptions. Ask yourself if you're using them. If you're not, don't buy them. Water, something for me. 
reusable bottles, I realized like I just need like to use one reusable bottle. I know you have mastered that, Lauren. You have this beautiful glass white bottle that you use all the time. And so yeah, remember I offered you some million and you're like, is that the one you took to Europe? so it's the same reusable bottle i think it was a boss bottle i don't actually use it i i'm usually just drink out of a glass but i take that to the gym sometimes so yeah and then um i've so for example on my christmas this year i've asked for a brita filter so i can replace all my plastic water bottles that i've been buying so bad for the environment and then it's expensive it's expensive and it's like so expensive and then plastic bags I've learned to bring yeah, reusable bags I always bring reusable bags oh, that also looks nicer you don't want to walk down the street with an ugly plastic bag I was thinking that yeah <laughs> um, or we can use a backpack eh? are there any, are, exactly <laughs> are, there yeah. any, <laughs> are there any items of, are, so those really resonate with you are there any other that you would think of that I don't buy yeah or, um You've mastered this. I'm trying to think what I don't buy. Yeah, well, you just don't... You don't buy clutter. You don't buy things that you don't need, and nor do you do you accept it, especially on the street. Yeah, <laughs> when people... Actually, I was walking home from work the other day, and this girl was hang, handing out little chip bags. And oh. I was like, no, I don't want them. And she's like, no, take them. She gave me four. And then I came home, and I ate two, and I was like, damn it. I'm like, I shouldn't have <laughs> taken them. That's an example of temptations. I love it. They're really good, though. (laughs) I was going to ask you what kind, but I'll ask you later. They're called Angry Burger. Angry Burger? Have you seen that? Well, you're going to have to delete this. They're like Burger? Um, It was in a little green bag. I'm not going to delete this. Um, um, They were like corn chips rolled up, and then they're like zesty burger flavor. I don't know. It was... I, they were weird, but they were good. Oh, interesting. I enjoyed it. Interesting. We'll have to add that to the show notes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes you can take free stuff. Exactly. So. Um, oh, I have actually two questions for you quick. Okay, cool. Um, when are times in your life that you've lived like a minimalist without trying? Yeah. I mean, well, one of them is living overseas. So I lived in Asia for a while and I lived in a shoebox apartment with three other girls. So there wasn't much space. And thankfully I only brought one carry on for a few months of stay in Hong Kong and Tokyo. So yeah. So I would say that naturally that experience uh, and just even staying, like if you stay with a friend or, or you go home to your parents. I remember one yes. time you told me all you took to your parents was a tennis racket and a pair of clean underwear. Yes. See, the, like these are times you live so simply and we don't realize it. And we're, we think that minimalism is such like a life lifetime away. But yeah. Or it's, it's so far from the way we live now. But if you go away for a weekend, you're mm-hmm. living like a minimalist. You're yeah. carrying on as your minimalism inspiration. Yeah, like you're already... Some people might already be living minim- minimally in many areas of life and then not really realize it. So that's one. Number two is after university, I traveled a lot through the U.S. And I just became a master packer. But I was still carrying... I was still bringing a little bit too much. Like, I'm way better now, but I was still saying, like, hey, like, I used to go to L.A. for a weekend, two days in a back to Toronto, and uh, I would just bring, I remember this one time, I brought a fully stacked carry-on, and then the next time I went for a weekend, because I was dating someone there at the time, all I brought was this 
backpack and my purse. And it felt so good. I was like, that's all I need. And I remember thinking, there were two items in my purse I didn't even use. Like, it could have been even later. <laughs> so, yeah. Those are mine. How about you? I, that's the only time I think... Well, I mean, I live like it every time. I know. <laughs> but I, know. I, I do... It's crazy just going home to my parents for weekends, seeing how little... I, like, my little bag where I kept my laptop and that just broke. I could go home with just that. Yeah, so exactly. So just take another... A shirt and my laptop and a book and I was good to go. And thankfully you also have more clothes in your parents' house, right? Yeah, my parents have a million of everything, so I'm kind of stuck there. <laughs> like, Mom, I can wear your sweaters and underwears. <laughs> no. We're taking Oh, actually, I have a really funny story. I was in Vancouver last year uh, and uh, so funny. So I was in Vancouver last year and, oh, sorry, Calgary, sorry. Vancouver and then Calgary, but this happened in Calgary. My Oma lives in Calgary, my grandma. And I say Oma because I'm Dutch. And so funny. I forgot to bring my underwear. Because <laughs> I for some reason, I forgot to pack my underwear. And I was like, I need to go to the mall. And mom's like, no, like we don't have time. And my Oma, she's like, Kelly, you can borrow my bag. <laughs> Get this. Kelly, you can borrow my pair. So she comes out. Exactly what you're thinking right now. Like, Did you wear them? <laughs> I, she, she put them in my hands and I just couldn't breathe. I was laughing so hard. I actually don't know what I ended up wearing. I think I ended up getting something from my sister. But the size of these things, it was like But like, no, that you couldn't wear that. Sorry, Oma. Uh, she's such a sweetheart, oh. but they were such big panties. And I was like, no. <laughs> it just made my day. Uh, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think going back, we really want to also discuss like minimalism is a journey I know you Lauren have mastered so much when it comes to living simply but and I'm kind of again as the adopter of this lifestyle you're still adopting in many ways yeah, too I'm like still learning a lot. I mean you're never fully a master I mean you maybe there at one point you'll feel like I've really mastered this no, but I think it's always a continual journey always yeah because things are always coming in and out so it's really yeah. really a process so for me like as the adopter I'm, I'm kind of a little still behind you like I haven't really I'm not up to your speed yet but I I've made quite a few improvements so I wanted to tell you what they are. Okay, good. Um, so the reason why, so I actually feel a lot happier in my everyday. That was my goal. So I really wanted to create happiness by building more clean lined uh, apartments, so really clean space. So I started by removing all physical distractions and then went into removing all mental clutter. So when it comes to physical, and these are some tips for you guys. So if you guys are starting, first off, just a little reminder is when you're starting, ask yourself why. So that's what I did. Ask myself why I want to be happier. And by I can do that by cleaning my place. And, um, and uh, okay, so that's how I started. And then before you start removing items, think about the items that you actually do use. So... When it comes to that, um, you want to think about the items that you don't use, so that you do use, so that you 
don't throw those items, right? And then you can move into the things that you don't. Because that makes it easier to be like, okay, so those are the things I use. I don't need to worry about those things. And these are the things that I don't. So physical. Okay, so I started with my wardrobe. I donated, sold, or removed a quarter of my wardrobe. Wow. It is beautiful. And I know that that was a good thing because I only use... Uh, I only use three quarters of it. So, so my advice is when purchasing new, uh, new items, again, purchase timeless pieces over trendy and high quality over quantity. And I do, I have a question for you. So I do have a to-go box under my bed still. So I'll just put stuff in there that I know maybe I won't wear that. Maybe I won't use that. And if I don't in six months, I'll, I'll throw it out or donate it. I know you still have one of those, right? You have a closet. You put it in your yeah, closet. Yeah, I have a bag that I go back and forth. And we had an interview with Jack, Jack Crayson, and he talked about how he had it right by his front door. I wouldn't want it at my front door, but. Yeah, no. Um, and then family room. I removed knickknacks, dusty old candles, old picture frames, and books. So I sold old textbooks and I only kept books I know I want to read again and or add value to my life and insert, you know, my personality in that can spark conversations, right? Then moving into the kitchen, more than half of the items are removed. Half. Wow. Isn't that crazy? What did you get rid of? Old pots and pans, uh, extra and unused, you know, glassware, Tupperware, go through that stuff. There can be old stuff, stained stuff. Again, I'm moving to glass more over plastic. Yeah. Duplicate cooking gadgets. Like, I love your drawers. I mean, they're they're hilarious, but we don't need five spatulas. No. We need one. We only need one. And cherish that and use it. And then old food items, spices I once bought that I knew, no longer use. And I did a deep clean, and it just feels just so, <laughs> so much good, nicer. Yeah. I also had, like, baskets of things. And I was like, I don't need a basket in my kitchen. And then I put a glass vase there instead. It just looks so much cleaner and open. Uh, so we, usually we want to like stuff every corner. Don't stuff the corners. Let them be. It just yeah. creates air and air. Like it's just more airy and spacious. So closet. Uh, I have some recommendations. I reorganize my items. So I have hangers. I have two types of air hangers. And I have, like, more casual hangers, and then I have dressier hangers, which help split my casual wardrobe from my work and formal wear, which is really cool. And then I have three bins for shoes, and uh, so there's, there's two for shoes and one for purses and hats. Then I have a dresser for jeans, workout clothes, and summer shorts and skirts. And then all I have is uh, one binder that I just keep, like, finances and physical, like, uh, like contracts and things like that. So sometimes you need that, like an actual physical binder with certain papers that can't be electron that isn't electronic or online. And then I have an everything box, which I should probably cut cut down a little bit. It's like someone having it like an everyday like an everything uh, cupboard. So it has like apple cords, pens and pencils, thank you cards. So things like that. Do you have a drawer or a box like that? Um, I have what's called a miscellaneous box. Oh, I like that. And yeah, that's where I keep thank you cards, my business receipts, pen. Actually, no, I don't have a pen there. My birth certificate. I love that you just said that because you know exactly how many things you own and exactly where they are. You know what's funny? My cousin stayed here when I was in Vancouver and she messaged me. She was like, I, do you have a pen? I, I can't find a pen. And I'm like, 
I only have one pen and it's in my bag with me. <laughs> I'm like, you're going to have to go to security. I know that's crazy, but why would I need two pens? <laughs> but that's amazing because like you know exact that's the beauty is that in eliminating these things I now know where everything is you when you're a minimalist you are so organized and it's it's effortless to be organized because you don't own that much stuff so you know where it is and at all times and you yeah you know what you have and you know where it is so and then when it comes to my bathroom I was inspired by you, Lauren. Lauren's bathroom. There is nothing on the counter. <sighs> oh, I have soap and a plant. Okay, a soap and a plant. That's nothing in my mind. So I used to have I used to have my soap, uh, my washcloths, my toothbrush, my you know creams and my makeup and everything kind of organized, but all on the counter. I was like, no, I don't use that stuff like multiple times a day. So I'm just going to remove almost everything on the counter. So all I have is my electric toothbrush and, and toothpaste out. And then uh, a little uh, thing that's holding my uh, face cloth. And that's it. The rest is going to be under my sink. It was funny. I used to go to people's house and see their products on their kitchen or their bathroom counter. And I was like, wow, they're so lucky that they're not crazy like me. And they can just wake up in the morning and do their makeup that's on the counter. I have to put it away and take it out but and then people look at mine and they're like oh I wish I had it this way well exactly and it's smart Flora because your place looks like it's almost a hotel so and considering you only have one bathroom it's used for multiple purposes like you'll have guests guests don't want to see your stuff sitting all over your bathroom right yeah you want to use it and have some clarity when they're going in also something else I learned from you Lauren is I used to have a lot of things just added to my kitchen and added to my bathroom. So from my parents' house too, there are carpeted mats in the bathroom. So when I moved into my place, what am I going to do? I'm going to buy carpeted mats because that's what I know. And two months in, and I did this before minimalism came into my life, I was like, I don't need carpeted mats on my bathroom floor. All they're doing is collecting dust. Got rid of that. Now my now I'm now my floors are always nicely swept. They're it's just cleaner, airier. I was like, I don't need that. I don't believe in that. So I did. So I got rid of those. And then I had this beautiful. Uh, so I had in my in my kitchen. I've had all these dish rags, I guess. Like towels, dish towels. Dish towels. Yeah, and I had like a really fancy one, and I I put it, you know, on my dishwasher, and I was like, hey, like it's just hanging there. Like I took it away, and I was like wow, what a big difference it made. Like, I don't need that. I don't actually use it, that dish towel. That dish towel just sits there as a piece of, and that adds adds to the kitchen. I was like, well, I don't need that. The one that I use is by the sink. So got rid of that. And I was like, oh, wow, my place looks even more area. Yeah, it does. I know that sounds really funny, but like little things like that can go a long way. They really do. Yeah, kitchens are, I used to always clean my parents' kitchen and put everything away. And it was so nice. And then, like, five minutes later, it was a disaster. <laughs> well, one of the things you mentioned, Lauren, before this we started recording is that uh, you said 50% of the workforce will be working home in the next few years. There's so many studies out there, and um, I'll also, like, put a link in the show notes on that. Uh, and you were mentioning that uh, a lot of uh, apartments that you're selling – Yes, yeah, so, so I sell pre-construction too in Toronto and a lot of the buildings are developing 
are part of the amenities, like the gym, the concierge, they're also having work study areas. So you can go down, it's like office space essentially. So you go down in your building and you can work. That's really and nice. It's incredible. Like it's the amount of people you would meet everyone in your building, you're an elevator down and you can leave at lunch or go to a workout class. Like it gives you such autonomy over your life. And you know what? Some people may actually just work from outside of their own, in, in their home, in right? Their home, yeah. So that's why minimalism is really important. It's like if you're, if your home is also going to become a place where you're working, you want to make it so that it's really minimal and clean lines so that you have the mental clarity to focus. It's like a lot of people are like, oh yeah, when I was at Western or sorry, that's my university or when I was at university, like I was stuck in the library 24 seven because I can't focus in my place. Why couldn't you, fo- why can't you focus in your place? A lot of the time it's because you lived in clutter. Yeah. So it helps from that perspective too. Like in the future, if we're going to be working in our works in our homes, let's make our home so that it's a great place to really focus and you know, um, and not feel like messy and or unclean and all that stuff. So, so yeah. Um, also, when it comes to my mental uh, mental improvements, I've learned how to man. Well, I'm learning how to manage my social media habits. Lauren, you've mastered that. This you've totally mastered this. I'm trying to do three to four times a day for 15 minutes total. And since our we had an episode on minim, the minimalist iPhone, which is a game changer, it's already changed my life. And I'm still working up to three times a day, but I'm getting there because I set that goal for myself. Uh, I become more deliberate when I'm listening to podcasts and audiobooks. I used to just listen to them randomly. Now I'm actually focusing and being present while I'm listening to them. I used to just like, they used to just go on and my mind would wander. Now I'm trying to be more focused. I also decluttered my personal Gmail account. Have you done that? Like there's so many junk emails that you can unsubscribe from. I literally took an hour to unsubscribe from all of those constant emails that pop up on my phone where I'm like, I I don't need to be, because they're, they're distractions. They distract you and you don't even need those emails. Have you ever had that? Um, or you don't sign up for stuff? So. I don't sign up. And if I do, but when I unsubscribe, people have Gmails with like 4,000 emails in them. Oh, that was me like a year ago. One of my girl I work with, her name is Sandra. She's like, I liked you because you opened up your Gmail and you only had two emails in your inbox. And she's like, I know this girl's organized because <laughs> I only have what I have to take care of in my inbox. And that is it. Everything else is sorted into business or personal or garbage and that's it and that inspired me because I saw that on yours and I was like wow I'm going to create folders for those emails that I do need to take so that my gmail is now I think I have eight or ten right now which last year I probably would have had on average 800 because I wouldn't file them away that's so crazy to me but because I will never ever miss an email because of this and same with text messaging it's like my text message to do it's funny though if I'm dating a guy I can never ghost him it's like my OCD I have to like get back to a message (laughs) so if I'm not interested in someone then I I actually have to sit down and have that conversation with them because you feel like it's not finished yeah I can't it's like an email I didn't respond well that's respectful I like that yeah I do it out of respect too yeah so yeah um I would say overall uh, I have like my 
apartment is almost mastered, almost. Uh, mental clutter, I haven't mastered that yet. But I'm getting there. I, I've learned that like I really need to spend more time out in nature because that's that me personally, like I find a lot of creativity and uh, and meaning and I could be more mindful and, and just present. clear my mind. Yeah, by doing that and being feeling present. I also do that by going to the gym and journaling with the Keo app, which uh, we mentioned in a previous podcast, which I can also link again. But, uh, but yeah, just to summarize, I just wanted to express that if you are getting started or if you're in a place where you are sorting through the clutter and you're kind of at the stage that I'm at right now and you need to keep that motivation, uh, I just want to remind you that you shouldn't rush into it. It is a journey. And again, it's your journey. There's no rule book for being a minimalist. It's just about living simply for you and don't compare yourself. So, I mean, if I were to compare myself to you all the time, Lauren, I get very stressed because <laughs> you're pretty amazing. Um, I, I'm not up to your level yet, and I, I, it's okay. Like I, it's a journey. It's a process. I'm really happy with all the accomplishments I've made so far. So, you know, from Lauren and I, we're here to provide you with the inspiration to get started. And if you've already started, to really just keep the motivation going and, and provide you with tips along the way. And if you are just getting started or if you haven't gotten started yet, you know, sit back, close your eyes or get out a pen and paper and write out how you think your life would differ being living this way as opposed to how you're living now. And that in and of itself is going to motivate you and inspire you. Like think about how much simpler your mornings are. Think about how much more time you're going to have. So it's a great way to get started. Oh, I'm so excited. And we really, really would love um, to hear some of the improvements that you guys have already made. You can send us a direct message at Millennial Minimalists on Instagram. Uh, and if you guys can, like, we would love for you to write us a review for our podcast. We'd be super and thankful. Our podcast, yeah. yeah, written review. And you don't even need to write a long review. It can just be like, hey, you know, I really enjoyed this or hi, guys. <laughs> just anything. And um, we mentioned this in all our podcasts. If you want to get started, uh, some of the books we've read by The Minimalists, um, Everything That Remains. There's also Goodbye Things, which is um, a guy in Japan's journey on how he got started. So if we're going to put a link. If you click it and sign up for the free trial, then you or the 30-day trial, you'll get your first Audible. book free. Audible. Audible yeah. with Audible. And um, I want to do a Q&A soon. Oh, so okay. if people want to message us their questions, you can comment with questions, inbox us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So, so if you guys have questions on minimalism that you want us to answer, or if you have questions for us about our journey, um, we would love to answer them. So we'll do a podcast on that soon. I love it. I love it. Thank you guys so far for all of your encouragement and support. We have received messages from you and we really, 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 really appreciate it. So yes. And next week we have a really good guest. We're going to be talking about minimalism and relationships and dating it's, and dating. It's going to be a very spicy episode. It is, there's so much information <laughs> and so many dating apps and I'm so excited to like simplify the process for you guys and it's going to be a really good episode. She's a dating and relationship expert. Yeah, expert. And her argument is that less is Is more. more. So get ready. All right. Well, thank you guys so much and we will speak to you next week. Okay. Thanks guys. Bye.